Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Romans 6, verse 12. <clears throat> Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That makes sense. That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I want, I want to minister to us today, this evening. On, on this, I believe that it's one of the most profound concepts of Scripture. I believe that if we can get this, that it has a way of unlocking all the other necessary doors that are needful for us. It's called the art of yielding. The art of yielding. Would you help me pray? Father, we come to you. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your love, your mercy. There's nothing that you cannot do, but I'm asking for your touch. I'm asking that you would guide us, strengthen us, walk with us, keep us. Let your holy will and word be accomplished in us. Lord, it's just family. So God, just walk amongst us. Minister to us. Help us to embrace these concepts that are so foundational in Scripture. And we give you all of the praise in the name of Jesus. And they all said, God bless you and you may be seated. Again, thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Um, I remember reading... Um, some time ago, a, a historical event, a tragic event. It was back in 1880 or 1986. Two ships collided in the Black Sea off the coast of Russia. Hundreds of passengers died at a as a result and were thrown into the icy waters below. News of the disaster had been darkened when the investigation revealed that the cause or what the cause of the accident was. You see, it wasn't technology. It wasn't a malfunctioning radar. It wasn't thick fog. They said that the course of the accident was caused by, here it is, human stubbornness. Human stubbornness. Each captain was aware of the other ship's presence Nearby, both have, could have steered clear, of course, but neither captain would give way to the other. Because of that, the casualty was so incredibly great. It is like with all of us that if we are not careful, thank God for Holy Ghost fire, thank God for prayers that, that, that are so combustible, that they are explosive, Thank God for the times that healing, miracles, signs, and wonders have taken place. But, but at the very basicness of all of our Christianity, that there is a practice, an art, if you will, that must be honed in. It is a technique that must be practiced, rehearsed, and even uh, perfected in our in our pursuit of righteousness and godliness. And that is learning the, 
the give and the take, learning the ebb and the flow, learning the ups and the downs of, you, you, you understand this, you've been around a little while, that you understand that it's not real life living in a camp concept. It's, it's a mountaintop experience, and I'm thankful that through the years that, that God has made a way, and we've made a priority that our kids are going to be at every possible camp that they can possibly go to, while, while others are doing other things, that, that those kids are going to this camp and that camp. And it's amazing how insightful, how tender they become in the Holy Ghost when they've been around other kids, families that are learning to just bask in the presence of God. My, my prayer has, has been over the last couple years, God, teach me to perfect the art of learning how to yield to your voice. I know you're talking, but I'm not always listening. So God, would you help me on this Sunday night that we would go, I, I don't want to just preach you happy. You should be happy because this is the day that the Lord has made. But what I would like to do is help somebody that is trying to navigate between life's troubles and trials and triumphs and that we can learn that that god if you're always talking help me to devise a plan help me hear that voice help me to understand that what you're doing what you're doing is is so powerful that this is the greatest thing on the planet. You don't have to come to me, Sister Sister Bingham. I, I found it in my heart that, that when I go home where I've been raised, that when I go back and I, I have friends that have left the faith, they've left the practices, they, 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 they're just wounded and, and this and that. And I understand sometimes that happens. But when I go home, I am so thankful for every prayer meeting. I'm so thankful for every camp meeting, every revival, every do and don't come on i'm thankful for every release and every restriction because at the end of the day i've got to make heaven my home i don't know what it's going to cost you but i'm willing that it would cost me everything because heaven is too grand i have i've just i've just come Maybe, maybe, maybe it'd take me 48 years to get there. But, uh, but I, I've just come to the place to say, God, you, you know, Jesus turned his world upside down one conversation at a time. Not a conference, not a revival. One conversation. And it's not, it's not okay that I can become so apparent and close to the mannerisms the pentecostalisms of our life that i lose sight to that personal that personal relationship of feeling the tug of the holy ghost on my life that there are times that i I want to set something right i want to do what i think is right but all of a sudden the holy nudge i feel that in the holy ghost a divine nudge i feel like god's trying to tell somebody you keep on running and you got your headphones in and god's trying to nudge you i'm trying to push you in a certain direction so that my will can be accomplished in your life it's not just doing what i want to do but god help me to do what you want me to do i wonder if we could raise our hands and say god help me to notice the nudge 
Help me to notice the nudge. Help me to notice what you're trying to say. Help me notice it's not just a sermon, but you're trying to minister to where I am right now. That if I'm in the valley or the mountaintop, that you have a specific word. Oh, oh, what God is trying to do. What God is trying to, God is trying to keep. God is trying to motivate. God is trying. I, I found this to be true. I found that in every, in every song, in every sermon, the, the blessing of pastoring is I get to practice again next Sunday. If I mess up the words this week, I, I, we'll sing that song again. I guarantee it. I get practice again. But I've, I've learned to find that in every conversation. Oh, come on. My, the antennas are out. Come on. The, the radar is on. Come on. The, 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 the hope that God is this conversation. Whether I'm walking through the schools. Or, I, come on, or I'm talking to one of our homeless guys. Or I'm, or I'm talking to a saint of God. Or I'm talking to somebody who's bitter. That, that's going through this. Or a broken marriage. It doesn't matter. I'm always. My antenna is up saying God. Where, where's that moment in the conversation. That you want me to step in. Where's that place in the conversation. That you want in that song. Because sometimes we sing songs like we're driving a bulldozer. You can get it or else. But I've found that there's times, there's times that you just learn to pause. You learn to see life. Don't shoot all the bullets in your gun. But you got to know what's going on. You got to know what. Well, what is happening in our life? And there's times that while I'm walking and while I'm working, and I, I know that you've probably done it. Can I get out here? That when, when we're walking and when we're talking and when we're ministering, because we don't live in this church, right? We, we have, in a sense, responsibilities outside of the church house. But there's a God that's saying you're supposed to be a missionary at your workplace. You're supposed to be a missionary at the school. Whether you go to school here or you go to a public school or you're in college. i tell you what, I don't get overwhelmed with how dark the day is. I don't get overwhelmed with how bad the agendas are. And I feel like I'm in the thick of it. Because the Bible says where sin doth abound... God's grace does so much more. There's times that, that you're singing a song and all of a sudden you just, you just feel. I remember I was in prayer one time and, and I was praying and it was early. And so I'm like trying to wake myself up. So I'm talking in tongues really fast. I'm, ex- I'm trying to get myself excited, trying to get my body up. Go and turn to spar with the angels. Whatever. And, and it was like the Lord. Where's Tyler? Is Tyler my helper? Is that his name? Come here, Tyler. They said I could pick on him all night long. It was like, you know, this is not what happened, but it was like this happened. That while I'm praying and while I'm talking to God, that it's like the hand of God. It's like, you're pushing me. He says, son, it's like, it's like 
the agenda of man. You're always pushing to get somewhere. But there's sometimes, this is what I learned in private prayer. There's sometimes I just want to hold you. There's sometimes I just want to be there. There's sometimes I want to talk. We're waiting for the punchline. And God is saying, no, you missed it. I love you, Lord. I just want to say. It doesn't matter how well I sing it. It doesn't matter how hoarse my voice is. But that's my connect song. It's been for years. It's been my connect song that I can step into another realm. Do you have a connect song? Come on, do you have an adapter that when your prayer isn't working, that you can step into that moment, step into that miracle, step into that experience? Sit close. If we're not, if we're not careful, I was, I was praying and... Uh, I just had a moment, and uh, I was preparing for a uh, Sunday school Bible lesson, and I just kept on hearing this. I just kept on hearing this. If you'll yield, I'll move. I just kept on hearing it. If you'll yield, if you'll slow your go, if you'll put your agenda down. I was on a platform. I was getting ready to preach a service. And I said, God, right before I took the, the, the podium to preach. And I said, God, let your will be done. It wasn't two seconds. And the Lord responded to me and said, I would if you would get out of my way. My point is this. Is we, don't just brag. Don't just say that our world is driven with agendas. We are driven with agendas. We all have agendas. If I don't get home by this time, if I don't do this by this time, if he don't preach and get to that note, then I'm not going to. No! I've got to learn to yield. That holy, that holy pause. If we're not, if we're not talking to real people real people real people and get invested engaged love God but I've watched that sometimes if we're not careful this is what this is what the enemy wants to do wants to weaponize our emotions it's not that you just have an opinion you better be a tolerant of my opinion it's like being voluntold. It's, it's like you've you got to, tolerance is one-sided, you'll find. But how many times, I'm, I'm talking about apostolic Pentecostals that have come to a place in their life that it's not about my feeling, your feeling, but now I've weaponized it and I've used, I've weaponized anger. I've weaponized lust or love. I've weaponized to where now it is hurting somebody. We're saying, well, I've got to justify myself. And God's saying, no, no, no. You've got to look at my example that I was wounded for your transgression. I took something that was not of me. I took on sin. Who knew no sin?
watched. We watched how we pressurized. So, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with another job. Because one's not enough, right? So, between my wife and I, we work about five jobs. Because I was so bored. Now, listen. Can I just talk to you? I listened to a pastor's message this morning while I was coming over. It helped me go fast. But I know you have enough revelation in this morning. Go listen to the tape. So let me just talk to you. So I'm a school cop. I'm SRO. And uh, I, I became a police officer, went through the academy, all that kind of stuff, so that I could get into school. So now I'm a youth pastor for 1,500 kids. I don't care. I like it. I am, I am working behind enemy lines. Agendas. Which teaches us to be wise as serpents. Harmless as doves. I graduated from a Christian school. I'm thankful it saved my ever-living life. And so when, when this happened that I started walking through, and one of the principals last, last year, he, he called me. He said, Rev, would you, would you do me a favor? I'm, Absolutely. He said, before school starts, would you, the high school, he just became principal of our high school, about five or so hundred kids. And he says, would you, would you go through the hallways praying, pleading the blood of Jesus? He don't even go to church. Absolutely. Absolutely binding the spirit of lust. Binding the spirit of rebellion. Come on, binding impurity. Binding laziness. Come on, binding drugs and the hunger for drugs. Come on, binding in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Walking down every corridor of that high school. This year I'm going to take a team. We're hitting every single school. Walking through everything. I plead the blood of Jesus. 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 Because what the school doesn't know. I never just go into that building by myself. I never enter that building by myself. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out them. I'm telling you there's angels that walk with us there's angels that commune with us come on there is a spirit of God that says you don't have to have everything I have amen it is we were let me pause that story so we were in our Sunday school class and I just came in and it wasn't a bunch of deep stuff and I was just trying to get the people to understand that anything can happen if you'll let God happen anything can happen if you'll let God happen anything can happen if you'll stop letting tradition govern you can have an altar call before the choir Come on, your prayer meeting can come from there into here. Come on, you, these signs shall follow them that believe. But there's got to be something that says, God, I don't want just normal church. I want to yield to the Spirit of God. I don't know if we're going to run or cry, but I'll tell you one thing. When we yield to the power of the Holy Ghost, something God having is going to take place. We were there. It's not, it's not ordinary. It's not normal. And we were just talking, and I just felt that hush. You know what I'm talking about, the holy hush. And instead of going on, I just paused. 
In a few moments, tongues interpretation came in. So I wonder how many times that God wanted to administer his confirmation. Come on. How many times he wanted to interject something and take us down another rabbit hole, if you will, that his perfect will would be done? I hope your perfect will is what I'm preaching. And there are times that I'm wondering, do I preach this? But the purpose is, God, I do want to learn the art of yielding. I know there's an art in gold. I know there's an art in silver and metals. I know there's an art in flying a plane. I get it. But God, if you're going to teach me something, teach me that art. Of learning to yield. And so all the training that I've been blessed. Now my city sends me in all this training stuff. They asked me the other day. I think I've told you this. They asked me, hey, hey. Our, our tactical team for the county. That we, we have stuff and our, our warrant stuff. And I'm not, I'm not the guy. I'm too old for that junk. Kicking indoors. I don't do that stuff. In the years that I've been a police officer, now you, you get this. Do you have a cop here? A couple? All right, cool, cool, cool. I got backup. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I've never had to fight one person. Guys, I tell that too. They don't understand that. They're wrestling somebody. Somebody on drugs. Somebody on this. Somebody, something's going on. I don't know if it's a verbal judo. I don't know. But I keep on saying, God, would you help me? God, would, he, would, you walk, would you walk with me? Help me to be sensitive. I'm coming by, and I could tell you story after story of just walking into a city, a, 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 a building or a situation, and walking into that, and all of a sudden, they say, hey, aren't you that pastor? Yeah, I am. As the officer that's our, our investigator, as he's standing right there, and they say, listen, before... They take my precious family member. Can I get all the family? Can we come in here? Would you have prayer with us? The investigator. Rev, I'll be outside. I'll guard the door. I go in, bring them all in, in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking for your help. I'm asking for peace. It, it's not deep. I'm not talking about Elijah and Elisha. I'm just saying, God, help this family. If they ask for this, I want to yield that wherever door you open for me, I want to have the boldness to walk through. And guess what's happening? Guess what's happening? God is turning our city around. The next thing that took place, it wasn't enough for me to become a school cop. Then they gave me a dog. You have a picture? Boom shakalaka. His name is Blue. Yeah, he looks mean. So just leave it up there. So the girl on the left, I worked an accident. Somebody was rear-ended and she was crying. And I just happened to be in the area. I just got out of school, so I was running traffic on the school property and stuff. And I made my way. Heard there was an accident, so everybody's running. Two, three, they're, 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 they're headed there. And uh, this little girl is beside herself in her car seat. I said, ma'am, does she, does she like dogs? Yes. 
Blue is a police therapy canine. Not a drug dog. I don't drug him. I don't pull him. His, his job is to step into traumatic situations. And it's called, Brother Snow, a reset. He doesn't fix the problem. Come on, some of you know therapy dogs, right? Yeah, they've been around for a long time. What well, law enforcement has just started training and bringing therapy divisions into their cities. And so my mayor told me one time when we got blue, it was a miracle how we got him. His paws look like lion paws. But he's, he's an English doodle. He has, comes with a little bit of an accent. Huh? And so Blue walks right over there with me, sits down, little kid starts petting him. You want to get a picture? And so Blue's job is to help reset. Doesn't fix the problem, he resets the problem. What's amazing is the parallel in the spirit realm. The parallel. That there's something about these canines. It's not the breed. It's the temperament. And what happens is, is that they, they're, they're, the office called me down one time and said, listen, do you have blue? They, I'm invisible. All I am is the chauffeur and the feeder. They forgot about Officer J. They want blue. And so, are you in the building? Can you bring him down? We have a kiddo. I don't want to go into all this stuff, but a traumatic situation. They're constantly in trauma, constantly crying. She has a horrible disease, which makes everything horrible and much more worse. And we walk in, and while the secretaries are saying, come here, Blue, come here, Blue. Blue makes a beeline to this girl who's sobbing, comes right at the girl's feet, lays down. We walk in the door, I drop the leash, Blue does his thing. Within five minutes, that kid is saying, I think I can go back to class. It's called a reset. You know what church is? It's a reset. While the world is trying to get you away from Christ, there's a church reminding you of what's important, what's valuable, what's worth praising God for. I've never had a, had a trained dog before. I've trained daughters. Better with my daughters than I'm with my boy. Should have beat him. Tyler. Just hold on. You're good. You're good. He's worried. I told him I would not embarrass him at all. So, Blue. Blue, I say that Blue has had over 250 hours of training, obedience training. Which really means I've had 250 hours of obedience training. 
I, I wish that there was a lot more time. But one of the first things that we started doing when, when Blue and, and doing basic obedience. If you've ever gone through a basic obedience with your animal, I think it's, it's a great idea because it teaches us to train our animals without our heart. For Blue not to sit down when he's supposed to sit down, he's in trouble. Unless if you ask my wife. He'll get there. No, he has three seconds, honey. Three seconds or correction. But this is what happens with him. That when I started leash training with him, and we would start walking, guess what Blue would do? And you watch people walking their dogs. And they're like, it's the dog leading them. Right? That, that's exactly what it looks like. And you're like, stop that. Stop that, Frankie. Stop that, Frankie. Blue, don't do that. I was so, I was so worried when, because they said, get him in the schools immediately. And I'm thinking, he just got potty trained. My worst anxiety was, is he going to do his business in the hall? And my wife would say, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. You're overthinking. I'm like, you're not the one cleaning it up with a whole class of kids saying, look what Blue did. <laughs> so you start, listen, so you started learning timing. You started learning schedule. You, you started learning technique. Distractions. When, when, he got, when he got certified as a, ther a police therapy canine, that we, we went to Columbus, Ohio, and their, their aviation, their helicopters, they, they, they got off the ground, and they turned that turbine to where that heat and that pressure would hit all of our dogs, and our dogs were in command to stay sitting, and they couldn't move or they'd fail. We took him to the zoo. It wasn't a problem until the cheetah saw him. But this is a problem sometimes that you're trying to train in. And because you don't understand that it's the dog pulling us. Or you're just constantly coming back. And you're, not, and you're not consistent with your commands. And you're just getting frustrated because it's not happening. But all of a sudden, this is what, this is what the trainer told me. Woo! She said, this is the problem, Mike. The dog doesn't know you're at the other end of the leash. you got to make sure the dog knows you're at the other end of the leash. So now, when he goes away, keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Come on, Blue. Keep on walking. Come on. Keep on walking. Come on. Nope, nope. I'm at the end. This is our problem with yielding. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You follow me. I want to pray for this. I want everybody to know. And God said, who's at the end of the leash? Who's leading who? You got to know when to talk and when to keep your mouth closed. You got to know when to pray and when to dance. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. 
I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm looking for the real answer. Who is leading who? Who is influencing who? You keep on living however you want to live. Answering whatever you want to answer. Doing whatever. And I wonder why I'm always living in the aftermath and the consequences of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. There was in training. I got a couple minutes, but music, you can come. I was in training in Columbus Sheriff's Office. He's one of the leading trainers throughout our country for police therapy canine programs. And so it's awesome having them close. I have a training in just a couple, couple weeks with them that we'll go in, we'll play tic-tac-toe and trying to get everybody's dog off the tic-tac-toe thing and playing all these games. But teaching our animals, you, you got to listen. You got you to listen. Because really, when it comes to yielding, the problem is our desire for control. I want it my way. I want to do it in my way, my time, my geographical location. It's easier for, for me to ask God to do something than it is for me to actually work hard to get it done. So Jesus becomes my genie. I give on my control. I know this given church. I'm not, I'm not punching you for, for your giving church. You're a missions church. I get that. But there are, there are people in this room right now that you're resisting the Holy Ghost. God's speaking. God's talking. God's communicating. But I've just not learned to listen. Oh, God, give us a safe environment. I believe that this safe environment... She, she told me that the, 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 the trainer, she used to train dogs for the blind. She used to train dogs for the deaf, for seizures, for blood pressure, and a lot of assortment of things in California. She came back, and so she, she is, in my opinion, the dog whisperer. She, she just knows. She's intense. Oh, my goodness. My wife don't like her. She's intense. That dog should not walk in that house before you. It is... You feed it. You. She's intense. I called her. I called her a couple weeks ago. And I said, "Hey, talk to me about pressure again, because dogs, dogs don't see in color. They see in black and white. So that's why if I get I get blue around people that have like hoodies on, hats on, their face is dark because that's." He'll stand over there. there. There's sometimes that we'll be sitting there and he'll be laying down fine. And somebody will come with a hood and he'll get up and come to my right side, my gun side. He's just, whoa, what, what is that? I'm trying, I can't figure it out. can't figure it out. And so we work through some process to where he can figure it out. So now we're putting hats on. We're, we're doing all these things to try and make him more familiar. There's sometimes that we have about three kids in our high school that when they come around, Blue gets up and comes around to my gun side and says, Dad, I, don't want, I want to talk to that person. 
It's not because they're wounded. It's not, it's not because they're broken. It's because there's something, something aggressive inside of them. And this is what they said. They said that a dog, more than the words that you give him, understands the pressure. You don't walk fast up on a cop. Because he's, he's, he's trained to protect. Put distance. Put space. But a dog understands pressure. And if we don't understand pressure in the kingdom of God, why is it that sometimes we are in an absolute pressure cooker? Our marriages are pressure cookers. Our job is a pressure cooker. And we're just thinking it's going to go away. No, you've got to release that. That's why my dog, when he, when he, you, you probably, uh, any pet lovers? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, your dog just kind of shakes. It's a release of stress. He just, out, he didn't just wake up. He starts yawning. Big long that that's a, a stress release. They they teach us that you can look at body language, and you can understand what's when I'm just walking. I've learned to feel. Blue knows if I'm going to correct him. I change the way I hold my leash. He knows it's coming. I'm telegraphing the correction. And in the kingdom of God, am I helping somebody? The kingdom of God is you just keep on doing what you've always done, hoping to get different results. No, we've got to change. We're in a pressurized situation. That, that dog that was up there has gotten me in no, more doors than my pastor card has ever gotten me in. He's gotten me to talk to more people. Than my preacher card has ever. You can't talk to that dog without talking to me. I wish she was here. And I find myself. I, I told. That the trainer doesn't believe like me at all. She's respectful. But she, she has more colorful language. And all this kind of stuff. She says why do you want to know about pressure? I said. Oh, well, because I'm going to preach about it. What are you going to preach? This is what I'm going to preach. Well, then you need to tell them that with animals, it's about, you can feel it. It's in our nature to feel it. That when the Holy Ghost starts working, and I don't know exactly what God wants to say to you, but I'm going to get a little bit closer and I'm going to start praying. And I believe that I'm going to step out on a limb and say, I think that God, you're working something out for his good. And all of a sudden you start working the altars. It's the same way, bro. It's the same way that we work the altars. It's the pressure of the situation. It, it's in the spirit. God knows what's going on. It doesn't matter if I'm here or if I'm in India. People are all the same. Their customs may change. Their traits may change. But pressure is always the same and I'm telling you it, no matter what you're going through no matter what you've been through if you just stay where I feel a breakthrough right now right now I don't know if you're going to run or not I don't care but I'm telling you as long as we don't confront it the Bible says that we would yield our bodies as instruments of righteousness that's my mouth that's my body language we went, through, we went through that training, read training. It teaches you how to interview um, sexual predators and talking to them. I, I, I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just trying to tell you that there's mannerisms. You start asking. It's not about the lie detector test. 
The polygraph is not about. Are you telling the truth? Did you hurt that man? It's about is it deceptive or is it leaning to honesty? That's why they can't be used in court. Are, are you telling the truth, the whole truth? Or is there an element of dishonesty there? And I'm going to tell you that the enemy of our soul wants us to live this. As long as the pastor don't talk to me. As long as he don't look in my eyes. As long, come on, when there's something there. And there's a God saying, run to the altar now. Run to the altar now. Run to the altar now. Get deliverance now. Get a breakthrough now. Don't wait for next Sunday. You see, the privilege, the privilege of learning the art of yielding as number one, the presence of God is made magnified in your life. If you want to walk in the holy nature of God and the authority of God, there's nothing on this planet that says you cannot. Holy Ghost. I've watched, I've heard Brother Bingham say this for years. Mike, people are so scared of silence. They're feeling it with all this stuff. The radio's on blast, the TV's on loud, all this is going on, and the chaos is their normal. And so you walk into a situation. Would you just, would you just raise your hand and yield to the Holy Ghost right now? Oh, God. Ah. Blue is nothing more than a tool, an instrument that is getting me in more doors in my city. I pastor more people in my city than that attend my church. I'm going to tell you a story. There was two stories, and then I'm done. Number one, there's a guy, he, he's He's homeless. In my city. My city's only 5,500 people. It's not huge. It's easy to know most people. And uh, he was there, and I, walk, I walked up. He was around the car wash, and I said, Rocky, what are you doing? He said, Well, that guy over there is gassing up his motorcycle, and he's gonna bring it over, and he's gonna let me wipe it off and give me a couple dollars so I can get something to eat. Well, I've taken it on as my personal responsibility to help him as much as I possibly can. In fact, I told him, I said, Listen, as of right now, right or wrong, I'll give you a motel room once a month. Whenever, whenever you want it. You call me, you get a hold of me, call the police station, whatever. I'll get, I'll get your room. I, I just want to help you. He's going through a bad thing. He has some psychosis going on. He has some other stuff going on. But I've never found him with drugs. I've never found him with meth. I've never found him with, 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 with fentanyl. I've never found him with that kind of stuff. It's just his medicine. He stops taking it, and he starts getting a little weird. And... Uh, belligerent and all that and uh so I, I went around and i just felt that nudge i can do more than that i can do more than just get him a ski pop i said when you're done i'm gonna come back around i'm gonna go get you some 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 uh non-perishable stuff i'm gonna get you some okay okay not a lot not a lot i can't house a lot living in the woods in the middle of my city and uh all right I said, in fact, let, let's, let's, go, let's go to the restaurant. Have you had a steak lately? 
Pastor Jay, you know I have no teeth. I can't have steak. Let's go get something to eat. I gave him some money. I said, this, hopefully this lasts for a couple weeks. Just, just trying to. The Bible says when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. My mom said this. I, I interviewed my mom several years ago, and she said she's gone through cancer twice. My father just recently passed away and, and some stuff. And uh, she, she said this, and I've never heard my mom say this. And she said she's te- teaching Bible studies every week. She's 77 years old, and she's doing incredible stuff. I'm, I'm always amazed. And she says, you know, God owes me nothing, and I owe him everything. That's my motto. Everything I have, God, you can ask of anything. Anything. It's not mine anyway. I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give more to missions than I've ever given. Our church has given more to missions right now than we've, than we've ever given in one year. It's my, it's my focus. It's my focus. I'm going to pastor my community. And I'm not just talking because I'm a pastor or a cop or this. I'm saying no matter who you are, if you want influence, you've got to work at it. And God's going to give influence and God's going to help us, right? Right? I went to, to Minneapolis, and I, I was preaching a revival, and my sister li- lived at the time close to there, and I went there, and, 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 and a pastor and his wife that used to pastor when my dad pastored in Iowa that, for the United Pentecost Church, and while they're, they're going through that thing, well, well they've kind of gone a different direction, and so they're friends with my sister and my brother-in-law, who, who's a Catholic, and my, my sister, who's a backslider, and so we're in this, and we finish our dinner, and, and we're having a good old time, and I ask Brother and Sister Alan, I said, listen, can, can you think of a time in your life that, that God did something for you when you were down and God did something, an aha moment that just turned, totally turned your life around? And Brother Allen is like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. I don't, know what you, I don't understand what, you, what the question is. And his wife is kind of, I don't understand what's going on. And so I, I keep on asking. Finally, my sister, my bold sister, she says, Mike. Chill. We're just having coffee. She's a little sister, so I wasn't afraid. I said, this is not my first rodeo. I know what I'm doing. I'm after something. I may never get this chance again, so I'm after it. So I restated the question. Finally, his wife says, I know what you're talking about. She says, I remember when my husband was working at the church. Nobody would come and help him. I was angry at home, and he was probably a little ticked, and he fell off, had a heart attack, fell off the ladder, and we thought he was dead. We ran, took him to the hospital, and they were trying to fix him and do all this kind of stuff with him, and I remember I could not take it anymore. I was exhausted that finally somebody came to stay with my husband so I could go home and get some sleep. I was exhausted. I just wanted to fall on my bed and go to bed and go to sleep. That's all I wanted to do, and the moment that my head hit the the spirit of the Lord stepped into my room and said I still have it under control he's not going to die and God she said it was in that moment that it was like electricity that came through my heart that I was totally revived one word oh she told that story I happened to look over at my sister Tears running down her face. I could have, I could have started speaking in tongues. Later, I asked my my sister after we had ice cream. I said, "What was that all about?" She said, "I didn't understand what you were doing. 
I said, it doesn't matter whether you're in church or out of church. The Holy Ghost stepped right into that room because this is what God said. If you will give me a place, I will fill that space. I don't know what your impossibility is, but you're not going to manhandle God. You're not going to manipulate God. You're not going to stick him in a corner and feed him with a slingshot. But if you will learn to yield... And sometimes you will learn to articulate your prayers. Stop praying the same thing you've always prayed every single time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. But if you will yield and learn the concept, perfect the technique. Stand with me. I had a girl in my school. She sat in my barber chair in my office and tears running down her face. She says, I don't know what to do, Officer Jay. My mom tells me every day she wishes that I was never born. I couldn't just reach across. I told her this. I said, listen, I'm going to pray for you. You're valuable because you're breathing. I don't know where she is today. I've watched some of those kids, some of the softball kids come in their softball gear. Our girls come to an extra service, stained with dirt, kneel on our altar area, lift up their hands, and God fill them with the Holy Ghost. A mom in my city, I was letting the dog go to the bathroom, and she pulls up and she says, hey, can I ask you something? Yes, ma'am. What does it take for me and my family to be baptized? Both of her son twins play for the football team. I said, let's go on this day. I'm going to give you a Bible study before it happens, but this is what it takes. I was just pausing. This is what I've learned, divine pauses, divine nudges. I've learned when, when to put the job down and say, let me step in this. I walked, come on, story after story after story after story. There's young people. I remember when I asked Brother Bingham, I said, when am I going to get some of your stories? And God spoke to me. He says, when you stop playing safe, when you stop, you don't have another 10 years. You don't have another 15 months. I'm telling you, God wants to use you right now. Who will yield? So as you come. As you come, I don't know what your yielding threshold is. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I feel like there's some people that you are, you're pulling the leash. And you've forgotten that God is supposed to be at the end of that. There's some of the, you, you just need a good old-fashioned reset right now. Come on, you're overwhelmed. Your life is pressurized. This situation, your finances, your relationships. Come on, some young person. You keep on trying to find your value in some other guy or girl. And you're never going to find. You're going to have to have a reset. A divine reset. You see, you can stare at me all you want to. But the fact of the matter is the only person that holds the key to your yield is you. Can hear all the best preaching and not change you. Come on, I feel it. I feel like when you walk back into that house, the atmosphere is going to change. God, it's not about me, it's about you. I owe you everything. But Father, you owe me nothing. Come on, how about that wayward son? How about that wayward child? Come on.
I've found it to be true. I can pray for them in the mayor's office. I will pray for them at the gas station. I will pray for them at church, out of church. I will pray for them on their way as I'm taking them to jail. Hallelujah. I would, I, I would do whatever I've got to do. But I've just got to be sensitive to that yield. Come on, while you're doing it. High speed chase. Chase them down car wrecked it's upside down I walk up not knowing exactly what's going on just know that I caught the guy didn't wreck my cruiser and all of a sudden by the time that I broke the windows and was pulling them out he's crawling over his girlfriend the first thing he does is when he looks up a little blood on him he says hey Pastor Jay can you help me today come on they're not always going to make the right decisions it's my job not to judge them it's my job to help them come on you preach about a soul winner i've got to be a soul winner come on raise your hand somebody god i don't want to just do what i'm comfortable doing come on your age is not is not a problem to god god's going to still use you come on young man god i don't have to be right I just want to be used with holding nothing. Come on, somebody, you feel the, the tug, the tug to a deeper prayer life. I know you pray, but it's a deeper prayer life. Come on, come on, wherever you're at work, come on, there's going to be a comrade. If you will yield, if you will yield, God is going to turn it for His good. surrender to your your tug I surrender to your your hand I surrender to your word I surrender to your plan I surrender oh God come on God put this church in this city for a reason before you ever got here there was a plan for you before you ever showed up before you ever accepted a call of God whether that is preaching or that is teaching or that is serving or that is volunteering before you ever got here there's a hand before God ever saw me there's a there's a purpose come on somebody as you walk around you encourage one another God's gonna use you God's gonna use you God's gonna use you God's gonna you come on young man don't you wait till you're 35 let God do it now